Hey, welcome to our Thursday episode of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, uh, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and uh, we are continuing uh, to go through uh, 1 Samuel. Today we are going to uh, be going through 1 Samuel 13 through 16, and then also Psalm 23. So and encourage you to take a moment, if you haven't, and read those, uh, and then we'll get started. All right, so last uh, on Tuesday, we kind of Saul now is officially king. He is the the official king and he begins ruling as such. Um, and this begins a, a whirlwind of a, of a, a, a reign. And I do want to say it's important for us to, to realize, you know, within the next few chapters, we're going to, to read all that the Bible says about Saul's reign. And it feels like, Man, that what a whirlwind that must have been. But this was probably over a period of twenty to forty years. Um, you know that that this kind of happened. So it, it's this this plays out a lot slower than it reads. And and it is important for us to realize that because I think in our, in our own lives sometimes we get caught up into that things should happen quickly and change should happen fast and all of this. But that's not always how life works. And so this is over a period of years, uh, but it, it, we start to see Saul's um, relationship with God and relationship as, as king. Um, it, it gets off to a, a, a rough start. And in chapter 13, we, we see one of the first things that Saul does that is a, a big problem uh, is offering of sacrifices. And uh, what this is, is uh, the, the Philistines uh, have gathered and they're going to be fighting with uh, uh, Israel. Uh, Saul gathers the army and he's ready to go and to, uh, you know, engage them in battle. Um, but they haven't been able to offer sacrifices to the Lord and kind of uh, Im- implore of the Lord, uh, is this what we should do? You know, um, are, 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 you, are you going to be with us through this? Right? Samuel was still the priest. He was still God's representative. Um, and so Saul, and it seems kind of, of, of harmless. So, you know, Saul wanted to bring uh, offerings to the Lord. Um, but he decided to take it into his own hands. And rather than wait for Samuel to get there, Saul just did it on his own. And, and this may seem like, oh, well, that's kind of a, a small thing. No, what that was doing is that Saul was, was starting to basically elevate himself, right? That, that God had set uh, an order to things of how things are supposed to work and how the people are to relate to God. And God had put priests in that role of offering sacrifices. And Saul, basically, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm ruler of all the nation, so you know what? I can just go ahead and start doing priestly duties as well. Uh, That was a a dangerous mix, if you will. And this was uh, Saul was not being faithful to what God desired. And, uh, and uh, Samuel says, uh, the Lord has sought for himself a man after God's own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people, because you have not kept uh, what the Lord has commanded you. Um, and so now your, your kingdom shall not continue. So this was a, a, a pivotal moment. It seems kind of small, um, you know, Saul just offering sacrifice. Um, but no, what this showed is that where Saul's heart really was, 
that his heart seemed to be more with him and with his power and how he was ruling the people rather than seeking God and allowing God uh, to, to guide him. And, and so we, we see, see that uh, kind of starts the, the, the reign of Saul off on the, the wrong foot. Um, we have uh, talks about the, the people getting uh, weapons, and this is kind of interesting. Uh, this was kind of in the, the period of uh, going from the, the Iron Age to the, the Bronze Age, um, or from copper to bronze to iron, uh, kind of uh, as you, you started seeing weapons around the world change in this time period. Uh, and uh, and you, so you see the people needing those weapons to be able to fight against the Philistines because the Philistines had uh, better weaponry than the people of Israel. Uh, and then you see in chapter 14, talks about how Jonathan goes and defeats the, the Philistines. Jonathan is Saul's son. And so we, we see uh, Jonathan uh, go out and, and God is with him and he defeats the, the Philistines um, and, and the, the battle is, is going, going well. And then we get uh, into chapter, uh, verse 24 of chapter 14. And uh, Saul, if you remember, I can't remember uh, the guy's name who, who did it, but uh, he kind of made the oath. Uh, that whoever came out and greeted him, uh, that they, or whatever greeted him whenever he got home, that he would put to death and it was his daughter, right? Well, that was a ridiculous oath and something that he should not have done. Well, Saul kind of does the same thing here. He says, cursed is the man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. Right? So he's like, no one is going to eat until we have completed uh, this victory. Uh, well, that's a stupid thing to say. So it was taking a while for that to happen, uh, and they, you know, the the people were famished and were were hungry. And Jonathan, who didn't hear Saul say that, uh, comes and eats some honey, and, uh, and that causes a problem. And so things aren't going as well. So Saul starts wondering what's going on. Somebody must have sinned. Uh, as you read through uh, there on chapter 14, you'll get, get that uh, picture. Uh, verse 33, it says, They told Saul, look, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating uh, the food with blood. So people began eating. They were so hungry, they uh, killed animals and didn't let the blood drain properly, which went against what God uh, desired. So all this is going on, and so Saul wants to uh, deal with it, uh, and <laughs> thought this was interesting. Verse 36 says, uh, let us go down after the Philistines by night, plunder them until the morning, and let, a, and let us not leave a man of them. And they said, do whatever seems good to you. So they're telling Saul, okay, and this kind of feels like it's one of those, you're going to do what you want to do anyway, so you're king, so do whatever seems good to you. But then the priest said, but let us draw near to God here. <laughs> right? So trying to pull Saul back a little bit. And, uh, and so, so Saul does. And he, uh, he said, uh, uh, implores of the Lord, and he goes to the priest, and he says, come over here, all you chiefs of people, and know and see what this sin was today. And so he goes through some cultural things to casting lots to try to find out who had sinned. And well, Sure enough, he finds out that it was Jonathan who said uh, he ate a little bit of honey. Um, and this is, this is great. Uh, verse 43, then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him and said, 
I only tasted a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand. So now I must die. <laughs> and it, it, it is so crazy. And Saul was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Because I made this ridiculous oath, right? And so now I'm going, to, I'm going to kill you because Saul thought that was the reason that the battle wasn't going as well as he wanted it to go. And uh, and I I love though that uh, the the people uh, came up and they told Saul no th- we're not going to do this they rescued Jonathan they basically talked Saul down um, and so Jonathan was not put to death uh, thought that was interesting it also shows that Saul is just he's kind of impulsive he really just is doing what what he thinks is going to benefit him. Uh, even when he implores of the Lord, it's really uh, in a way that, uh, that he just wants to, to find out how things are going to work best for him. Um, and so Saul does uh, continue battles with the Philistines. He never completely uh, destroys uh, the Philistines. In, in chapter 15, you have another uh, big issue. Uh, he's uh, fighting the Amalekites. So there's been a history with the Amalekites, uh, and he's told to, to wipe them out. And what he does is he wipes most of them out, but he keeps uh, some of the good things, and he's going to offer those as sacrifices to the Lord. Um, but the Lord had said, don't keep anything. Um, and uh, and you have now Samuel getting involved, and in, uh, there in chapter 15, verse 12, it says, So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told to Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself, and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. So what you kind of have here is that Saul, is he, he didn't uh, follow the Lord's uh, order by wiping out the Amalekites, and now he is sacrificing some of the things that he didn't wipe out uh, to kind of make it seem like this is a pious act. But really it seems to be done in a way to elevate himself. You know, we we don't know exactly what all is is going on here, but that's kind of what it what it seems uh, to happen. Uh, in verse seventeen, Samuel says, "When you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? And uh, now the Lord has sent you on a mission." Continues on, verse nineteen. Uh, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Uh, why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Right, so Samuel's reminding him, hey, remember, you were just a guy from the tribe of Benjamin, and God elevated you to this place. Why now are you choosing to do evil? Why are you choosing to rely uh, on your own strength? Why are you, uh, you know, elevating yourself um, when God chose to elevate you whenever you saw yourself as that uh, humble uh, guy from the tribe of Benjamin? Um, and then, you know, Saul, uh, of course, uh, responds back and says, oh no, I did that because I love the Lord and, you know, I'm just offering sacrifices to him. This is great. Samuel says this in verse 22, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed that and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellious is as the sin of witchcraft, for stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Um, wow. You know, that's, that's really powerful. 
I mean, because the sacrificial system was extremely important then, right? Uh, that, that, that was the center of the religious aspect, the ritualistic aspect of the religion of a relationship with God. And, but what Samuel is saying is it's not about that. It's about obeying and obeying in all that you do. You can't just go and do what you want and then do the ritual and think that everything's okay. I th- there's, you know, I, I know one thing that I, uh, guilty pleasure is I enjoy mob movies and things like that. And, uh, and there's different scenes in different mob movies where mobsters will be doing what they're doing and they'll be taking out hits on people and all of this stuff and doing just horrible things. And then they go to the priest and they just ask for forgiveness and they think that that just makes it all okay. And now then they can go out and do it again. no. God doesn't care about how faithful you are to the ritual or faithful you are to the religion. He cares whether you obey him or not. And uh, you have uh, Saul obviously recognizes this and he's, he's distraught, um, but Samuel is, uh, is, is very forceful. He says, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Um, Samuel or Saul reaches out and grabs part of Samuel's robe and it tears. It says Samuel says, "The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to the neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that, that he should not relent." And then Saul does say, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people, before the uh, Israel return with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. That's interesting, right? That, uh, that he, Saul just, he, he, he hadn't completely bought into this, but Samuel does actually turn back with Saul and they worship the Lord uh, together. Uh, but at this time, um, Samuel never sees Saul in person again from this point. And that brings us to chapter 16. Um, and the, the Lord talks to Samuel um, saying, hey, it's time to go and I'm going to, to uh, allow you and, and use you to anoint the next king. Um, it's a very familiar story. Uh, with uh, He goes to uh, Jesse and Jesse has numerous sons and uh, they all come out and they, you know, each one is very impressive. Um, but uh, Samuel says, no, that one's not impressive. You know, keep, keep going. Um, and, and then finally, uh, uh, David shows up and uh, you, you have Samuel who anoints David, says, uh, it says, now David uh, was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of the Lord and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Um, you know, and and uh, right before that in uh, verse seven says, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at appearance or at physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you see some of the differences uh, in the way that uh, compared to Saul and compared to David, uh, that what is important is what is on the heart. Um, and then you have the end of chapter 16. Um, David actually begins to go and play the harp. 
for Saul because Saul now his spiral has begun and he becomes very distressed um, and very anxious and is is tormented. And so David would go and play uh, before Saul uh, and that would would bring him some comfort. And I want to just uh, close our time today uh, by looking at Psalm 23. Again, we're going in chronological order. One of the challenges with doing chronological order is it's not easy to know where the Psalms come in. And there's 150 of them, so you've got to get them in somewhere. (laughs) So the the Psalms are going to be dispersed in different places. We don't know for sure that this is when David wrote the 23rd Psalm, Uh, but it it fits. And uh, and I want to just read the 23rd Psalm, very, very familiar. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, it's such a wonderful psalm. It's a psalm that speaks to the way that we live all of our life with God. Sometimes life feels like it's the green pastures and the quiet waters and everything is as it should be. That's wonderful. But life is not always green pastures and quiet waters. Many times it's times of drought and raging rivers, right? And so then the scene shifts from being in the green pastures to now walking through the valley, specifically the valley of the shadow of death where it feels like we are alone. But yet even in that moment, God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. And what is he doing? He's bringing us through the valley, bringing us back to the green pasture and the quiet waters again. Now, they will be different, right? You leave one set of green pastures, you walk through a valley, you go to find green pastures again, but they may be different. That's okay because God is still there with you. He, and in the, in the process of going through that valley, it feels like you're seated at, seated at a table, uh, surrounded by your enemies, the enemies of doubt, of anger, of bitterness, of frustration, uh, of, of, of just sadness and grief, right? And God doesn't remove you from the table, right? Because guess what? Sometimes life, you're going to feel like you're surrounded by your enemies, but he anoints you with oil. Right? That is a reminder that God is claiming you as his. Your cup runneth over. That's God, the symbol of God's blessings, the blessings of hope, peace, and joy. Even as we walk through the valleys, even as we're surrounded by our enemies. Then that last verse that surely goodness and mercies followed us all the days of our life, whether we've been in the green pastures, whether we've been walking through the valleys, whether we've been seated at a table surrounded by our enemies. His goodness and mercy has been with us each and every day, and even when we come to the end of our journey on this earth, then we know that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hope that you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you back here on Tuesday.